Medtronic Technologies impacted more than 72 million people in the last year, equating to two people every second. Harnessing the power of technology to take healthcare further, each technology has unique benefits designed to serve patients. The goal of this program is to get closer to the patient and to delve into the challenges and impact each technology has in practice. This is the Medtronic MedEd Learning Experience. The BIS monitoring system should not be used as the sole basis for diagnosis or therapy and is intended only as an adjunct in patient assessment. Reliance on BIS system alone for intraoperative anesthetic management is not recommended. Medtronic's medical education programs are offered to provide attendees education on the FDA-cleared indications and use of our products when applicable. The contents and conclusions of the following program are solely those of the speakers unless otherwise cited. The speakers are responsible for all content and any necessary permissions. The speakers received funding from Covidian LP, a Medtronic company, for the speaking engagement. For this segment of the series, a discussion on anesthesia in the brain, we will discuss how biz monitoring can be used with other traditional monitoring parameters during anesthesia management. To help provide insight into this topic is Dr. Stephen Bader, Chief of Cardiothoracic Anesthesiology at Heritage Valley Health System in Beaver, Pennsylvania. So the BIS gives us another uh, piece of information in addition to the traditional parameters that we all learn in training of how to sort of determine where the patient is on that light, adequate, deep uh, spectrum of, of anesthesia, whether we're talking about uh, sedation, uh, you know, for moderate sedation type cases, or whether we're talking about general anesthesia, I think we're all very familiar with those traditional things that you would use to determine. And it's hard when you're a trainee and you're first learning how to sedate people. Uh, how do I know if I'm overdoing it? You know, there's this tendency to be uh, very heavy handed with sedation cases. So if I'm going to perform a colonoscopy where I need the patient to be uh, sedated enough that they don't remember anything about the procedure, but uh, not so deeply sedated or you know, provided with so much uh, opioid analgesic that they stop breathing or have you know, profound uh, hypotension from me giving them you know, massive doses of propofol, for instance, which would be the most common thing for colonoscopy. So if I have a BIS monitor on a moderate sedation patient, I have a little more confidence, uh, what, depending on my weather, uh, level of experience, you know, I have a little more confidence to give less of the anesthetic agent, knowing that I can see their, their BIS number is low enough, uh, especially, you know, with experience, you'll identify as you're starting to sedate the patient, oh, this guy's needing a little more, right? So uh, in addition to my traditional, you know, I see that he's moving or that he's breathing really quickly or his heart rate's rising whenever they start to stimulate him with the scope or, you know, passing it uh, a little more deeply or making it around one of the turns in the colon, you'll anticipate clinically that there's going to be uh, a stimulation. And then we look for those traditional clinical signs that maybe the patient is too light or maybe the patient is too deep. If they're moving around, they're too light. If their blood pressure is really low and they're stock still, they're too deep. So having the, the BIS there uh, confirms that and also allows me to sort of suss out this patient's individual response to my drugs. And so that's sort of the biggest thing. You know, if I teach a new resident how to provide sedation for colonoscopy, they're all going to want to give every patient exactly the same drugs because it's what's most comfortable. But you don't really have any way of knowing how those drugs are affecting each individual patient until you see what happens. And one of the things that you can now monitor is, you know, your processed EEG with the BIS. It gives you uh, an actual end organ measurement of what you're trying to infer with those traditional physical findings of hemodynamics or the patient moving. 
So I think it has tremendous value in, um, you know, helping trainees, especially with moderate sedation cases, be more confident to not overdo it so much. Now, with general anesthesia, I think there's still that same uh, phenomenon with, you know, a discomfort with having the patient be too light. So uh, the traditional uh, things that we would look for under general anesthesia, you know, we talk about lacrimation and sweating, you know, signs of sympathetic activation that the patient, uh, you know, really looks light just by those things. Obviously, movement is something that we all worry about under general anesthesia. And if you have the patient paralyzed, movement is taken away from you as, a, as an assessment tool. You know, so that's one of the reasons that we frequently talk about this being particularly valuable uh, in patients who have gotten muscle relaxant, right? Because you've taken away one of your most potent uh, awareness monitors by taking away the patient's ability to move in response to painful stimulus. So trying to organize my thoughts a little bit about, you know, the traditional things under general anesthesia that we talk about would be those physical signs of, of movement uh, or lacrimation, sweating, uh, but then the hemodynamic parameters. And, you know, that's where you can really get into trouble with trying to, uh, you know, teach someone how do you know if these hemodynamic changes are reflective of your anesthetic state or of something else. So traditionally we'd say, well, the patient has a high heart rate, they're tachycardic, or they have high blood pressure and it's coinciding with a painful stimulus. So you'd, you'd infer that that reflects, you know, not enough anesthetic agent or not enough analgesic agent. And now you have the, the BIS number as a confirmation of that. You know, you could also have hypertension or tachycardia from underventilating the patient and they're becoming hypercapnic and, and causing a sympathetic activation that has nothing to do, you know, with surgical stimulus or with, um, you know, a, an inadequate uh, analgesic dose. It has to do with me not ventilating the patient enough. So having the BIS as this objective end organ monitor of the brain even though it may not always tell you exactly what you think, you know, you have to understand the pitfalls that go with that number. Um, I think that it does provide you with a, you know, a really valuable adjunct. So the other way to think of, uh, you know, using it is with hypotension and bradycardia, right? So we talk about hypertension, tachycardia, or tachypnea, the patient starts to breathe really quickly if they're not, uh, you know, in a general anesthetic with muscle relaxation. You know, those are all signs that the patient might be light that you could measure their numbers on the monitor. And then now you have this additional, you know, number on the monitor that you can correlate to the rest of the clinical picture. So with deep anesthesia, you know, we assume a low heart rate, lower blood pressures requiring pressure support um, and maybe apnea if you have the patient not, uh, you know, not paralyzed and spontaneously ventilating. You can infer from those low numbers that the patient is too deep or has too much analgesic on board and uh, you know, correlate that to the clinical situation. Now, if I also have the BIS and it's reading 20 or 10, I have real confirmation that that hypotension is being caused by deep anesthesia and not by unseen blood loss or I'm getting behind on my you know, fluid resuscitation, other reasons that the patient might be hypotensive. So I think that especially uh, for trainees, it's really helpful to have that additional, you know, piece of information. You just have to make sure that you uh, understand to correlate it with the rest of the clinical picture. So there's a tremendous amount of value in having that additional number. Um, during emergence, you know, we uh, frequently see coughing, you know, patients bucking, 
all those things that happen during the lightening up phase of, of emergence. And you can anticipate those things and try to prevent them if you have uh, you know, an additional piece of information. You know that you're turning down the anesthetic as the patient is uh, you know, uh, getting their dressings put on and you're starting to get a little anxious. They're gonna start jumping before everybody's done with that last stitch or that last piece of bandage. Having the bis there makes you um, a little more likely to anticipate that coughing that you don't want to happen by keeping them adjust right until it's time to, to fully emerge. So I do think there's tremendous value there in um, having an additional monitor to the traditional uh, parameters. Please tune in next week for a new segment from this series wherever you find your podcast. This is the Medtronic MedEd Learning Experience. Thank you for listening.